Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. So I have, uh, I have like a small something to encourage you about, and then I have something much larger <laughs> to talk about. Kind of like two separate things. But, uh, you know, Sunday before last, Pastor was uh, talking about having a year that's a lack intolerant year. And the Bible says we, we should lack no good thing, right? Amen? And, you know, one of the things that just when he was talking about it, I thought, you know, I've actually preached on this before. I talked about our words. How many of you guys were here for that? If you weren't, I do encourage you to get it because it's been on my heart. It's continued to be on my heart and probably because the Lord's trying to tell me I need to step it up in that area. But I know if I need to, I know there's other people that need to. I've learned, I've learned that over, I don't know how many years that if God's speaking to me about it. There's someone else who needs to be encouraged about it too. But you know, one of the things that's so important if you're not, you're wanting to have a different year is, you know, what, when he was specifically talking about your health, what are you saying to your body? Think about what you're saying. You know, your body can hear what you're saying. Turn to Luke 438 really quick. It's an example of Peter's mother-in-law. Now he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house, but Simon Peter. But Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever, and they made request of him concerning her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and served them. He spoke to that fever. You know what that means? That means it can hear it can hear you. You may be dealing with who knows what. It could be something as minor as a fever. It could be something more major. It could be just something annoying that you've put up with for the last 20 years. Well, it can hear you. What are you saying? What are you saying to it? Are you talking about it? Are you talking to it? Think about it. Because we're trained from birth. How many of you all here were raised by God-believing, Bible-believing, Pentecostal roots parents? Probably very few. Yep, I see like four, five hands. I'm actually surprised there's that many. But we're, most of us are trained to just say whatever and to, to just whatever kind of chatter, if something hurts, we talk about it. We get to work, and that's like, you don't know what else to say to someone when you're being social. You talk about your aches and pains. I mean, we're, we're just trained. We're trained in this world to talk that way. We need to think more. You know, you can retrain yourself. That's why the Bible says renew your mind. We can retrain ourselves and think about what are we saying because our bodies are listening, and the devil's listening. And whenever you're saying junk about your body, you're just opening the door and saying, come on in. Come on in. Just do what you want. So I just had that, like, really heavy on my heart. Um, Joshua 1.8. I was actually talking to my kids. Turned there really quick about this last night. Because I'm just, I'm drilling it in my kids. You know, they're, they're growing up in church, but they're growing up in the world. And they've got to learn how to handle it, how to overcome it every day. And I'm personally just drilling into them, not just that you know your Bible, not just that you read your Bible, that you understand it, that you pray. I'm drilling it into them, what this says in Joshua 1.8. It says, this book of the law, this is the amplified version, but it's almost exactly the same. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, 
but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, then you shall deal wisely and have good success. This book, the Bible, shall not depart out of your mouth. It's not enough to know it. It's not enough to read it. It's not enough to meditate on it. It's not. And, you know, you may be the kind of person that talks a lot, and it's easy. It, you know, it's a, it's actually can be a struggle for both people. People that talk a lot may not think too much about what they're saying because it kind of comes out. So you may have to be careful and be a little bit more selective. But, and, but you may think, well, I don't say a whole lot. You know, I'm not the most chatty person because I've dealt with that myself. And I realized, well, I need to encourage myself to speak more and speak more when you're alone. Speak over your body. Speak over your situation. Not about it. Speak over it, what God says, what the word says. But sometimes, you know, people don't be down on yourself if you're not someone who talks a lot. A lot of those people are just very selective with their words. And when they say something, they mean it. And it carries like some serious weight. And that's, that's an awesome thing right there. But if you're in that category, you just have to encourage yourself to speak more. And I have to do, I have to remind myself, don't just be quiet. You know, when I, I, I get alone or I'm not around the kids and I just want to chill out and just enjoy peace and quiet. And I, I mean, when I get that chance, I do, especially I work at the school, I'm around, you know, chatty kids all day long. So I enjoy those moments of quiet, but I have to remind myself every day, I need to be saying something. I need to be opening my mouth. I need to be speaking over the things that I want to change or the things that I don't want to put up with. You know, talk to the things you don't want to put up with anymore. Talk over those things. They can hear, specifically your bodies. You know, I heard a minister say this once, and I thought it was so amazing. He said, he said your mountain can hear. And he said, the reason your mountain can be moved by words is because your mountain was made by words. Like, that's true. That sounds really deep, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. And think, you know, sometimes the mountain, sometimes the mountain you're facing is one you created, and you might have created it by bad decisions and then compiled it with your words. I think that happens a lot. Or it could just be a mountain you're facing you had nothing to do with. It could have been created by someone else's words. Thing, things going on in our country, there's things going on that you didn't have anything to do with. You know, they were created by someone's words. They can be moved by your words. Your words are powerful. Amen? Amen. So write, write those scriptures down. Stir yourself on a, up on them and write these down too. I mentioned these last time I talked about it, Isaiah 56, 10 and 11. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth bud, forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. That is an awesome picture. God uses nature a lot of times to make it so simple for us. Things just click. Things just make sense. Imagine, think of it snowing. It comes down, and I mean, have you ever seen a snowflake, like, magnified? I mean, they're amazing. I mean, who, God made that. Only God would make that and make them all so individual. It's so much like people. I mean, we're all so unique and so different. But imagine snow coming down. It comes down and it does something. It comes down and it can build up. The more it comes down, the heavier it comes down. Rain comes down, same thing. 
It can build up. It can flood. It can accomplish something. Have you ever seen it go back where it came from? And don't start on me, teachers, about evaporation. <laughs> I, know you, I know somebody in here thought it because I work in a fifth grade class and we talk all about the water cycle. And <laughs> so, yeah, technically some of it does go back, but we're not going to focus on that. The majority of it does not go back, and you're never going to see those snowflakes rising and going back, right? So anyway, so God, I mean, he uses the most simplest things just, just so that... So that these things, we read them in the Word, it just bears witness with, it, with us. It's like, yeah, that's so true. But this says, my word, when he, when, he, when he wrote this, Isaiah wrote this, he was saying, my word goes forth from my mouth. It's not going to return to me void. So when you're speaking over your body or you're speaking over your situation, remind yourself of that. Stir yourself up. Say, uh-uh, because the devil's going to fight you on it. Say, my word's not returning to me. It's going to go out and it's going to accomplish. It's going to prosper in the thing to which I send it. It's going to cause a change. And you may not see it, and that's where we walk by faith. Amen? So also write down Psalms 33.9. So I love this one too. Super short. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. And, he, and David wrote it, and he was talking about God. But God's expecting us to, to, to follow in his footsteps the way that he did it. So I like that one, too. That, one's, that one stirs me up. I, I speak, I command it, and it's going to stand. It's going to stand in my life. It's, it's going to change in my life. I had a situation last spring. Um, had a sciatic issue. It was so funny because if you've never had something happen before, you don't know what it is, and you try to figure it out, and you're Googling it on the Internet. I thought, like, I strained a glute muscle or something. I don't know. I, I didn't understand that it's, it's like pressure on a disc that swells, and then it hits that nerve, and then it shoots up and down your leg. I, I, I'd heard of it. But I never, I didn't make the connection that that's what it was. And so once I figured out what it was, I'm like, okay, all right, it's got a name. Jesus is above that name. And I'm going to tell it what to do, and it's going to listen. And I, after some time, um, I was doing great. It was, you know, really doing great. And getting past it, and um, I was in the shower, and we, we have these stinky cats that don't have a lot of fur, but they have to be washed pretty regularly. And so uh, it was my turn. We make the cats wash. We make the kids wash, wash the cats, too. So it was my turn. So I've got, like, this eight-pound cat, you know, that's not very much, in the shower. And I reach down to pick him up, and I feel that, like, like right there and it shoots down my leg and it was basically like everything that had just gotten healed I just went right back to square one and I just said I'm I'm not doing this I just refuse this is part of what pastor was talking about part of what PG was talking about this last Sunday you know how big is your want to I just got angry. I said, I'm not doing this. I refused. I refused to get out of the shower until it was different. Refused. And I just spoke over it. I commanded that disc to go back, to shrink. You know, now I, I had an understanding now of what was causing it. And I knew exactly what to speak to. I knew exactly what to tell it. And, I mean, I spoke over it. And I was probably in there another half hour just speaking over it, telling it what to do. And, I mean, I got out of that shower, and it was gone. I mean, it heard me. It, it, it realized this is not going to happen. She's not going to put up with it. I mean, I just got so feisty. And sometimes that's what you have to do. Sparky. <laughs> you have to get sparky with it. <laughs> you have to get, no, sparky's sweet. You have to get feisty and mean with it. And sometimes you have to get that way with your body. You know, don't, you know, 
Sometimes you have times where you get angry with people. Well, you can take that anger out <laughs> on the devil. <laughs> and when he's trying stuff on you, and you can sit, just steer all that anger in that direction. And <laughs> So anyway, God's good, and he's so faithful. I just want to stir you up a little bit, you know, in that area. Um, but what I want to talk about tonight is actually... Um, being really strong this year in 2019. And turn to Psalms 124. You know, the Lord's expecting us to be strong. He, he's expecting us, but at the same time, he's there and ready for us when we need him. And I have found so many scriptures. And this isn't, tonight is not like a, okay, this is how you are a strong Christian. Read your Bible, come to church, pray. It's not like that. What I'm going to do, you're probably going to have a lot of notes, but that's typically how I teach. I have a lot of encouraging scriptures. When you're feeling like you've come to the end of yourself, the end of your rope, pull these out and let God remind you of what he's done and what he's doing for you and all that he has for you in the area of strength. Amen? So Psalm 124, 1 through 8. So one of the reasons that we can be strong is because the Lord is on our side. Let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they would have swallowed us alive. When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters would have overwhelmed us. The stream would have gone over our soul. Then the swollen waters would have gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. Our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. I like that. Um, our soul has escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowlers. Have you ever had one of those moments where it was like a super close call and just like that? You're like, oh my gosh. Um, how many of you guys have those attics where you got to pull down the ladder and climb up? Probably most people, we have one of those. Greg went up in the attic, this was probably five or six years ago. I don't know what he, he was just doing whatever, getting something down probably. And he... You, you, you come out backwards because you're going to climb down the ladder. And somehow he tripped and was going to come out. He started to fall, and he happened to have a belt on that day. And his belt, like, caught on the, like, hingy thing of the ladder. And, I mean, he was, like, his feet were up in the air. He's like this, hanging out of that hole. Because of that thing that grabbed his, I mean, it, it's like 10 feet at least. We have really high ceilings at our house, so I'm not sure it could be more just straight down to concrete. So I know he had one of those moments that day, like super close call. But, you know, we're, thank God we don't live like that, but sometimes we get in situations where we feel like that. And, you know... God's there to take care of us. It says, the snare is broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Turn to Psalms 125.2. Thank God for his protection. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time and forevermore. At camp this year, um, Erin Cody, she was here for our uh, women's retreat. She talked about a missionary that um, he was in a third world country and um, a bunch of bad guys came after him with guns and he just ran. And he, he ran and he went up, like, on, up on this hill and he turned around and saw the guys with the guns and they just turned around and all ran. And he's just like, oh, thank you, Jesus. But he didn't really know what had happened. Well, years later, one of those bad guys got saved and ended up helping him in his missions. And 
the bad guy was like, oh my gosh, you don't remember? Like, you didn't know what happened that day? He's like, you have no idea what happened, did you? You know, he's like, I was one of those guys that was chasing you. And we saw you run up on the hill. We were going to kill you. Like, we had just killed some other people or missionaries or something, some other Christians. We were going to kill you. And you were one person. There was like 20 of us. And we, when you got up at the top of that hill, he said he saw all other, a bunch of other guys that had, it looked like they had guns and equipment, like tanks and things. He said it looked like a full army had just like come up over the hill and was just there. And they saw that and like, you know, we're 20 guys. We can't take an army. And they turned around and just left. And I mean, you know, that, that guy, he, I mean, he knew God delivered him, but it was super exciting for him to hear what they saw. You know, God's so good. I'm sure he sent angels, you know. They can look like us. And uh, so God's so faithful. Have you heard, there's a song, and it makes me think of that. Um, when you think you're surrounded, you're surrounded by him. I don't know if any of you guys have heard it. It's a great song. You can find it on, on YouTube. It says, you may think you're surrounded, but you're surrounded by him. Anyway, there You'll have to go find it. It's a great song. If you feel like you're in a situation where you are just, maybe you're at work and you're surrounded by all the heathens and you just can't take it anymore. Well, that's kind of an everyday example. of, You know, that's a great song to break out and just remember. You are surrounded by him, regardless of what it looks like. Amen. All right, turn to Psalm 118.6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Turn to Psalm 23. Try not to go too fast so you guys can. It's good to write them down. I know sometimes Sunday morning when pastor's going, he goes pretty quick. I'm, I'm copying and pasting it. But then I'm like, I realize I'm not really reading it right now. I need to slow down. I don't want to read it now. I don't want to go back and read it later. Like, I want to read it now and read it later. And so this, you know, I'm trying to slow down for you guys. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Or you could change that to I shall not lack. He leads me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now you notice I say me, because I'm taking it personal. When you read it for yourself, you take it for you. You remind yourself, this is you. This is God speaking to you. This is not, oh, this was for that other guy who's really going through something serious. No. If it's serious to you, it's serious to God. If it's hurting you, it means something to him. Take these. Put yourself in these scriptures. This is meant, tailor-made for you. Amen? Turn to Romans 8, 26. This one's really short. But. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. So we're going to have weaknesses, but here's an answer right here. The Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. All right, turn to Revelation 12, 7. And so why do we have things come against us? And I don't want to just assume that everyone understands that. You know, most of you do. But if, if you're new or you grew up, maybe in a denominational church where they didn't really make it clear. 
I always want to make sure and cover certain basics, and it's just good to remind yourself because the, the world just beats into you that, that, that God does crazy stuff, and it's just not the truth. So Revelation 12, 7. Why do we have things come against us? Well, it's simple. It's the enemy. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his, his first of all, war broke out in heaven. I mean, how many of you have meditated on heaven or been like, I know everything's just going to be unicorns and rainbows in heaven. I mean, how many of you had that thought? Like, I mean, this is kind of eye-opening. I mean, you have free choice now. You're going to have free choice there too. Just something to think about. I mean, you can become jaded to anything. Don't let yourself ever become jaded. Jaded to the word, jaded to the spirit of God, ever. It can happen to anybody. Apparently, some people got disgruntled in heaven. I mean, how good do you have it? (laughs) You have, I mean, and they still got disgruntled. It says war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels, angels that were created by God, fought with the dragon. The dragon was an angel. And the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Imagine that. They got the boot. So the great dragon was cast out. That dragon was an angel before. That serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So now, if you didn't know where he was, now you know where he's at. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. So the devil, he thinks... He's down here, and he thinks this is his place. He thinks he owns it, and he gets to own, and he has the keys right now. He's, he's for people who don't know Jesus, he does own those people. But he thinks this place is his, and he's going to run it the way he wants. We're like rebels to him, if you think about it. We're the ones going against the grain. He's the accuser of the brethren. He's constantly accusing us. He hates us because we're not going with his flow, and we're not going to. Amen? God is continually keeping us. The devil's continually accusing us, but God is continually keeping us. Remember that. It's far, far, far greater. Amen? Turn to John, 1 John 4, 18. So anyway, just, that was just a quick nutshell of why things are the way they are. He's here. He hates us. And we found out that we have power. And he probably hates that even more. Oh, no. Oh, there it goes. I thought it died on me. I'm like, I know I charged it. Okay, so something that's important about when you're going through something and you need to be strong is don't ever let fear come in and be a factor. Fear is just straight up the devil. It's the enemy. Fear is never, never, never God. He never, if something, if you're coming up to a dangerous situation, God's not going to use fear to turn you the other direction. It doesn't work that way. And don't, um, don't, fear is totally different from that, I don't think I should do this. You know that's not fear. Fear has torment. And fear is, it's, it's like the presence of the devil. I mean, I think we've all experienced it at some point, in some part of our lives, we've experienced real fear. And it's, it's a hopeless feeling. 
it's a nasty, it's a scary feeling, it's a depressing feeling, you're experiencing what he feels all the time, and he wants you to experience it too. That's just how sweet he is. He, he lives with that every day, and he wants us to. And God, it's, it has nothing to do with God. Nothing, nothing, nothing. When you have that moment where it come, it's a spirit. When, the, when it comes on you, you tell it to go. Recognize it. You tell it to go right away in Jesus' name. It's not, it's not being nervous. You can be nervous, and it, it's, it's not fear. You can be doing exactly what God told you to do and be nervous. It's not fear. You, you, you know the difference. Fear's that, just like I said, it's the most icky, nasty, gross. And it's not that inward scratch. You know, God's never going to scream at you to not do something that you're not supposed to do. It's not going to happen. I think sometimes we wish God would just be like, hey, don't do that. You know, you're, you're going to cause a lot of trouble. He doesn't work that way. I mean, just accept it now. He's going to speak to you pretty gently. I mean, there, there's times when he is louder than at other times. But even things that, you know, can save your life, it can be a, it can be a very subtle, you know, because he's expecting you to grow in how you hear from him. I mean, when you're a younger Christian and you haven't had as much opportunity maybe to practice and walk that out, you know, a lot of times God may be a little louder to you or you may have people come into your life, speak into your life and say, I don't think that's the best idea. You know, God, he's going he's gonna to get it to you. You know, you're loving God, you're endeavoring to walk with him and you're new or somebody's praying for you or whatever. But when you're, you know, when you're a more mature Christian, God is expecting you to do more things. He's expecting you to grow in certain areas and to be able to hear him without him screaming at you. I mean, it's not the kind of relationship he wants to have with us. He wants to say, you know, no, that's not going to happen. I know um, one minister said that for him, he doesn't get a, he doesn't get a no, but he gets crickets. You know what I mean by that? He gets a uh, nothing, just silence. And he knows, oh, that's not the right thing. Because when it is the right thing, when someone's telling him about something, this is so great, you need to be a part of this, and he just hears crickets, he doesn't move on whatever it is. He doesn't just jump on it. But if he hears, yeah, that sounds good. You know, he just knows on the inside. That just seems right. It just clicks. It bears witness. When he gets that on the inside, then he knows he's got that green light to go ahead with it, or it's a good thing, or it's something he wants to connect to, or whatever it is. And it's supposed to be um, that kind of a simple, easy relationship that we're supposed to have with him. Amen? Did I tell you to turn to Revelation 12, 11? I don't think I did. I did? I didn't? Okay. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. So they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by Jesus, and by the word of their testimony. It goes right back to what I talked about in the beginning. What are we saying? Are we speaking? Are we saying something? We've got to open our mouths, and we can, because it's, it's a huge, huge way that we overcome. Amen? So we have someone, the good news as to why we can be strong, is we have someone continually before us, before our Father's face, talking about us. Turn to Hebrews 3.1. The devil is constantly accusing us and talking about us, but we have someone talking about us. Therefore, holy brethren, 
partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. High priest, but of our confession. There again, we got to be saying something or he's not going to have much to say about us. <laughs> we got to give him something. He can say, look at them. Look at what they're saying. Look at all the power that's coming out of their mouths. It's like the snow. It's coming out, and it's building up, and it's changing everything around it. It's wrecking everything the devil's trying to do, just like snow does, all you northerners know. That's just the way I, I imagine it, just that power. It's coming out. And, you know, we can do that. Jesus is continually talking about us. He's, it was no accident that, the, that it was put in the word where it says the high priest of our confession. No accident. That's how important it is what we're saying. Amen? Turn to Romans 8.34. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. He's making intercession for us. Stir yourself up in that. Remember, when you're feeling weak, he's making intercession. He's speaking about us. He's talking to the Father about us. You, How many of you... You, you, you find out that your boss is talking about you in a good way. Does it make you feel good? I mean, most people, yeah. Well, we have someone far, far greater talking about us. And it's continual, continual intercession, continual talking about us. Turn to 1 John 5, 4. This is such good news. When you put the word together, and, and, and you realize everything that we have, I mean, it's just so amazing. God has everything, everything that we need, no matter what situation is going on. And, you know, this scripture doesn't say, It doesn't say who makes intercession for us until, until we screw up. It doesn't say that. Because why? We're going to screw up. God knows that. God knows. We can still have his strength and we can still be strong. And we can have a completely different year than last year. Not if we just give up. I mean, that is just, uh-uh. And the devil will push you to give up because then that's just going with his flow. That's perfect for him. Absolutely perfect. That's exactly what he wants. You screw up, and maybe you screw up really, really bad. Get up and go on. Do what you know you need to do. Ask God to forgive you. Turn from it. And forget about it and move on and do pursue God with everything you've got. And don't look back. The devil will try to beat you up. Don't look back. You still have Jesus at the throne, interceding for you, talking about you. He's so faithful. Turn to 1 John. Uh, did I say 5-4? I did. Okay, did I read that one? Okay, for whatever is born of God, his life was breathed into us, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And I think I plugged in that part right there. Let me see. First John 5. Yeah, for whatever is born... Ah... It just glitched. Okay, there it is. Oh, because it's an amplified and it doesn't like amplified. Okay. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, 
And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Yeah, that was my own plug-in. Whatever's born of God, and when we got born again, we're born of God. He breathed his life into us the day we got born again. It says we overcome the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So God's for us. That Zoe life, he breathed it in us. So why wouldn't he be for us? Why wouldn't he want his creation to excel, to be over the top in everything? I mean, why wouldn't he? Haven't you sometimes just, you get that thought like, oh my gosh, you know, where are you, Lord? I don't even feel like you're here for me. You know, you might have that thought. Remember this. He, he made you. He designed you. He, of course, he's going to root for you, just like you root for your kids. He's rooting for us. He wants us to overcome everything, every time, and he's made a way for it. Amen? He wouldn't be pleased to see his creation fail. And just like none of us are pleased if we see our kids stumble. So God even strengthened Jesus when he was here. Turn to Matthew 4.11. Actually, I'm going to go back and start... I'm going to start at 4.1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. How many of y'all ever been tempted by food? <laughs> I think we can all relate to this. Yeah. If you are the son of God, come in, these stones become pizza or something really, something you really like, a steak. I'm sure he was hungry. I mean, he'd been fasting. I mean, so the devil knows how to hit you where your flesh is screaming the loudest. He's not stupid. You know, the Bible says he's a jerk, but it doesn't say he's dumb. So, verse 4. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I'm going to remember that next time I'm tempted to eat something I shouldn't. <laughs> then the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. The devil knew, knew the Bible. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again the devil, he didn't give up. This shows you what he does. If he can't get you one way, he's going to try something else. He tried him with food when he knew he was starving. He tried him, he's going to try him now with the everything that Jesus laid down to come down here, he's going to bring this up to him. He says, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory and said, all these things I will give to you if you fall down and worship me. Because Jesus had laid, laid that aside when he came here. Laid being, you know, one of the top guys, to put it in a very simplistic way. Then Jesus said to him, away with you. He, I mean, he was just done at that point. Get out of here. He said, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Then the devil left him. He told him to go. He didn't tell him to go the first time. He didn't. I noticed in this scripture. But when he told him to go, he went. Sometimes you got to recognize, is this just, you know, happenstance? Or do I need to tell the devil to get out of here? Get out of this situation. Take your authority and run him off. Don't listen to him. Don't, 
don't even get into a scripture debate because clearly he knows what the Bible says. Just take your authority and tell him to go. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. So even Jesus, I mean, he, do you think he was, I mean, that was, that was rough. I mean, he just spent, imagine, fasting. I know a lot of you guys give up stuff before we're in a retreat. Imagine, you give up all the stuff, and then you're like, I know I'm going to get to win a retreat, and it's going to be like, like every every few minutes like everything's gonna be so amazing every single second of the trip well how many of y'all know you've been on winter retreats in the past I was just talking to someone about this recently where some drama might happen or something annoying might happen the devil's gonna put some junk in your face you're thinking I just sacrificed this and this and now I have to put up with this happened to Jesus and he conquered though didn't he he conquered big time and if it happens to you this winter retreat and you've given up stuff and you've you've sewed into it don't let it bother you it's not going to steal he can't steal what God has for you you know God's so faithful that way don't don't even just devil not today <laughs> bye get out of here in Jesus name Amen. Turn to Luke twenty-two forty-three. So God even strengthened Jesus during this time, because that had to be rough. Like I said, he he just he just spent some serious spiritual time. I mean, he was alone for a while. I don't know how many of you guys could be alone for forty days and forty nights. I mean, I don't know if any of us have ever done that. Any of us. And then all of a sudden, instead of Meeting Jesus and having a vision, you're just smack in front of the devil. I mean, that's, that's rough. But um, God was there for him. And he didn't just, but he did his part. He used his mouth. He told the devil to go. He said, I'm not, I'm not giving into this. I'm not giving into that. I'm not giving into that. And he told him to leave, and he did. And God came in, and his angels ministered to him. We can do the same thing. So where did I tell you to turn? Luke? Okay, Luke 22. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. Let me, I have to turn to that because, okay, that was when he was praying in the garden. <clears throat> He was getting prepared to go to the cross, which was huge. He was getting prepared to leave, you know, his, his brothers in Christ that he'd become close to. He was about to be humiliated. He was about to be the sacrifice, and he knew it. But he continued to do his part. He went and he prayed, and... It says, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw. He knelt down and prayed. He was consecrating himself. He was saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will. It's not about me, but yours be done. He's saying, this is about you, Lord. This has to be your will. Not what I'm thinking. Not what I want right now. This has to be all you. So he prayed. And it says, then an angel appeared to him from heaven and strengthened him. Turn to Isaiah 40. So he always gives strength to those who, needs, who need it. Always, always, always. It's available. And like I said, there's so many examples, but you still have your part to play. Even Jesus did his part. He opened his mouth. He spoke. He used his words. We got to do the same thing. If you just lay down and give up, well, that's what, you, that's what you get. If that's what you do, that's what you get. But if you don't, you give God an opportunity to flood you with some strength that you need. So it's not about how you feel because you may feel like total garbage. It doesn't matter. 
and you continue to do what God's word says. Isaiah 40, 29. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I really like the Young's literal version. It says, and I'm just going to read the short part. He is giving power to the weary, and to those not strong, he increaseth might. God's telling you, you have something to stand on. When you know you've done all, you've done what you know, you've done what you've been taught, you don't know what else to do, he's going to come in. He's going to make up that difference and not just make it up, but come in in a powerful way to give you strength. Amen? And let me look at how much I have left because... I don't have that much more left. Okay. All right, turn to Daniel 10, 15. I really like this about Daniel. Well, at this point, I'm going to have to go quicker. When he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. And suddenly, one having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me, and I have retained no strength. For how can a servant of the Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Then again, the one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me, and he said, O man greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you, be strong, yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Lord, let my Lord speak for you have strengthened me. So the Lord strengthened Daniel. An angel came and spoke to him and he even said to him, I'm, I've got nothing left. I'm weak. And he spoke to him and he received that strength into him. It's a good example, you know, he, he didn't just, like, I love the way that he did it. He said, peace be to you, be strong. Yes, be strong. He was commanding it to be so. You can speak over yourself that way. You can say, I am strong. I'm receiving strength right now. I don't feel it. I'm feeling weak. You know, I'm, you're not going to say that, but you, that's how you're feeling. Say, God's strength is going to flood me, and I'm going to be strong. Or if you're speaking over your body, if it's a part of you that's not doing what it's supposed to be doing, it's weak. You tell it to be strong. It's part of what I did with that disc. I said, you get strong, you go back to the way you're supposed to, you operate the way you were designed to operate. You tell it what to do because it's listening. So be strong. It's not a pep talk. Not at all. That's not what it is. His words, and we're speaking his words, they're filled with his power. Amen. Turn to Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, and you may just have to write these down because I'm running out of time now. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He wouldn't have told us to be strong if we couldn't. God's fair. He's very fair. Turn to Joel 3.10 or write it down. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Psalm 71, 16. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness of yours only. So remember, you're going in the strength of the Lord. This isn't about your strength. This is about his working in you. Isaiah 35, 4. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the re recompense of God. He will come and save you. Philippians 
You guys should be armed tonight with a lot of scriptures that you can pull up when you need to, when you need to stir yourself up. For all things, I have strength in Christ, strengthening me. Philippians 4.13. Let me see what version that is. Okay, that's a different version. The New King James says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I thought it sounded a little bit different. I'm not sure which one. That might be Young's Literal. I'm not sure. So there's times, turn to 1 Samuel 30. There's times you're going to have to encourage yourself. You cannot rely on Sunday to Wednesday. You cannot just rely on your pastor because we're... We're not always going to be there to tell you what to do in every little situation. And God's expecting, you know, if you want to have any privacy in your life, <laughs> you don't want to be telling us everything. You want to have situations come up and you want to conquer them for yourself. And David had a situation where he was attacked he was in charge, he was attacked, and they took his wife, they took all his stuff, they, the people turned around, it says, now David was greatly distressed, you would be too, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. So everything, I don't have time to read it, but if you go back and read it, what happened, it was awful. You've never been through something like that. Most of you, I would say, not even close. And then his own people who were close to him turn on him. I mean, you talk about feeling down. And so what did he do? Instead of whining about it, he strengthened himself. That had to be, to me, that just sounds like, Oh my gosh, you know, that's, that's putting on your big girl pants. That's hard. <laughs> that is such a tough situation. You know, it's easy to have someone else come in and pick you up and say things to you to encourage you, but to strengthen yourself, and that's exactly what he did. If you go back and read Psalms, I'm sure a lot of the things in there is what came out. He reminded himself of God's goodness, how God had rescued him before. He stirred himself up. Ephesians 6.10. So that's something that you're going to have to do for yourself. Ephesians 6.10. You know, he strengthened himself. And what's cool is because once he did that, he was actually able to hear very clearly from God on what to do about that situation. When you're in major distress, it can be hard to hear. But when you do what the word says, remind yourself who's got your back. Stir yourself up. You'll be able to hear so much more clearly. Ephesians 6.10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 2 Corinthians 12.9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The Young's Literal says, And he said to me, Sufficient for thee is my grace, and for my power in infirmity is perfected. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather boast in my infirmities that the power of the Christ may rest on me. My strength is made perfect in weakness. When you're at your weakest, remember... God's strength is made perfect. When you get to the very end of yourself, just remember, oh boy, I'm about to get flooded with the power and strength of God in this situation. It is going to come in. I'm going to know what to do, or I'm going to have people who are going to help me figure this out because I don't know how to do it. It's, it's going to happen. You don't have to know and understand everything, but you do need to know when you get to the end of yourself and you feel so weak, just get excited because that, that like turbo boost power is about to kick on. It's about to come in for you. 
So two more scriptures, and then that's it. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And that one goes back to remembering we are his workmanship. He created us. He's rooting for us. He's not going to want to see us fail in anything. So have confidence in his strength. Have a confidence in it. And it can make all the difference in your being strong and really succeeding this year. And the last scripture is Hebrews 10.35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. It's basically saying, don't give up. Do not give up. You know, God's wanting us to be super, super successful this year and have a blessed year, even more blessed than last year. And we can, you know, he's successful and he's got our back and we're created like him. We're to operate like him. If he's successful, then we can be successful. We can be and have a strong year. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.